Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, Lenten Preaching Edition, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church, recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want to say it is my my esteemed pleasure to be able to greet you here in this space for such an august occasion. To be thought of enough to be considered to share with you means a great deal to me and also a great deal to my institution. I won't hold you long, but I promise to hold you tight. Um, So what we're going to do, I'm going to lift up a few passages of scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to pick up at verse 9, and we're going to read to about verse 20 or so. And it simply says in the New King James Version, be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia, Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is of great use to me in ministry. And Tychius I have sent to Ephesus. Bring the cloak that I've left with Carpus at Troas when you come, and the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged to them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet greet Priscilla and Aquila in the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus has left and Miltus sick. Do your utmost to come before winter. Do your utmost to come before winter. For this theme of reconciliation that I've been charged with today, I'd like to speak with you briefly from this thought this afternoon. Come before winter. Come before winter. The reason why I stand before you today is because of my grandmother. My grandmother She taught me a love of preaching and a love of church because she also gave me the love of reading. She would read me stories, but she would also tell me stories. One of the stories that resonates in my spirit even to this day is the story about the grasshopper and the ant. One of Aesop's most famous fables in which there is an ant who understood the inevitability of winter. So he spent the fall and he spent the summer harvesting, gathering, and collecting because he understood that at some point 
winter was coming. But at the same time, in the same space, with the opportunity to do the same work, this grasshopper founded his business and made it his joy to dance and sing while the weather was good. Not necessarily developing the skills and the character to be able to hold him during the impending winter months. As winter, become, as winter began to cascade upon them, the grasshopper found himself looking rather hungry and feeling rather cold. And whether you critique the ant or not for sharing his food, the one thing that resonates about this fable and one thing that resonates in terms of the life of this text is simply this. Winter is coming. What is winter, my sister and my brother? Great theologians, philosophers, thinkers throughout the ages have understood that the human life in its many forms is akin to the seasons that we live in. For there is that springtime season in which you're young and verdant and green, excited about the world. It seems that the blooms of God's love and God's grace are ever bursting in your sight. The fragrance of God doing something new seems to awaken our senses because we can sense that God is up to something. We love the springtime, except for those who have sinus problems. <laughs> but then the spring gives way to the summer months in which the, the intensity of the sun begins to bake the earth and heat begins to rise and we see that the heat causes some people to stay inside. For some people, they lose their clothing and come outside. It's amazing what good weather can do. And the summertime seasons of our life make us joyful and make us glad because we think about fellowship. We think about vacations and good times and strong drinks of the non-carbonated nature. And so the summertime is a great time to be alive. But yes, it is that summer that gives way into that fall in which the trees begin to give way and let those leaves turn colors and drop off. It is nature's way of replenishing itself because it can't always be summer and it cannot always be spring. It is the fall season that gives us the colors of our life. It is that fall season in which we become more thoughtful about what is to come. It is that fall season that awakens us to the reality that there's something on the horizon. This fall season, yes, my sister and brother, gives way unto a season in which growth is stagnated and things die. It is this winter season, this winter moment in which we bundle up and we stay inside and we find ourselves more reclusive because the weather does not allow us to be as social. It is this winter season that draws my attention and it's also this winter season that draws the Apostle Paul's pen in parchment. Because in this pastoral epistle, the Apostle Paul is writing to a young Timothy and he's saying to Timothy, Yes, my time on this earth is drawing to a close. My life is being poured out as a drink offering. I have ran the race 
I have done all that I can do. And I am facing the winter of my life. Now, whether you are six or 60, many of us, whether we want to admit it or not, we know what it's like to face winter. The winter of a harsh economic situation in which we can't see when the next opportunity for employment will come. The winter of broken relationships as friend and family have fallen away because of the coldness of the relationship. We live in the threat of a nuclear winter in which one country can push one button and send this entire earth into a smokestack. It is this winter experience that many Christians refuse to face because we act like the grasshopper, assuming that winter will never come, not realizing that our bodies decay. And as much as we love this life, it will soon pass away. But the Apostle Paul here is saying to us, as we think about being reconciled, it is often in the winter seasons of our life that cause us to long for reconciliation. It is that season in life in which we feel our most abandoned and our most alone. It is those seasons in which our money can't warm us up and our social prestige can't make us feel better. It is in those seasons in which we must face ourselves and look at the life that we have lived. The Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, is saying that I am in the winter of my life, and so before my life is extinguished and my flame is put out, please come to Rome and see me, Timothy. I can depend on you because our relationship is still intact. So Paul writes and sends this letter to Timothy, saying to Timothy, please come because the winter of my life is cold. How is Paul's life cold? How can someone who's done so much for Jesus Christ find himself in such a difficult situation? He has, he has prayed, he has fasted, he has planted churches, he supported leaders. He has been flogged, beaten, shipwrecked for the cause of the gospel. He has been slandered and talked about jailed and thrown out of town. He has been smuggled over walls and he has had to hide for his own life. Yet at the time of this text, he is writing from a Roman prison saying, Timothy, I'm in the winter of my life and it's cold physically. It is cold relationally and it's time for me to reconcile my accounts before I meet my earthly maker. How can he be so cold? He is cold because the people that he depended on have left him. Some of the saddest verses in scripture, yet some of the most personal, are in this conclusion to Paul's second letter to Timothy. As I read this verse, it causes me to shudder because I can't imagine how Paul feels. He says, Timothy, be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world, he has departed to Thessalonica. The winter of our life is often marked by having relationships that we have depended on, fractured because the other party of the relationship, the other person that we are communing with, has allowed the world to arrest their attention 
and to steal the energy that would be going toward our relationship. That energy is going toward the pursuits of this world. There's nothing more heartbreaking than talking to a parent who is wrestling with the reality of having a child on drugs, having a child out there in the streets because that child has turned their affections toward the love of this world and not the ways in which they've been raised. Nothing can blot those tears as a parent who's given birth to this child is struggling to make sense of why and how can someone who I've given birth to and love so deeply find that this world makes them all the more pleased. Paul has given his life for these people. He has given his life for these folks. Yet it is those folks who have found the world to be a more tantalizing relationship than the ones that he's trying to cultivate. Demas has forsaken him. Some of other Paul's compatriots have left him. But Paul is saying, only Luke is with me. How does it feel to preach to thousands of people yet to be left alone in the quietness and stillness of one's soul? To lay hands on people and they have recovered from their illness, yet those same hands are trembling in a Roman prison trying to write this letter because he is alone in this world. But one of the interesting things about facing the winter seasons of our life, why Paul is telling Timothy, come and see me before winter, is that it is in these moments that we recognize the need to reconcile. It is in the chilliness of our reality, it is in the distantness of our relationship that presses us to go and bring back those who are afar. Paul says to Timothy, in this very pithy yet powerful statement, he says, would you do me a favor? Only Luke is with me, so Timothy, on your way to come see me, would you go and get Mark? Because he is useful for my ministry. Yes, you Bible readers and adult forum goers know that in the book of Acts, Paul and John Mark has such a sharp disagreement that Paul said, I don't want anything to do with you. So Paul and his folks went one way. John, Mark, and others went the other way. But it's in the cold and chilliness of the impending winter that causes Paul to reflect upon this broken relationship and says, would you do me a favor? I don't want to die with my relationship left unaccounted for. Would you bring to me the person who I've been out with because I need to be in with them before my time comes? And may this be something for us to consider today, that God is asking us to go and get that mark in our lives. That person who we have fallen out for reasons big or reasons small. That anger and that grudge that we've kept in our heart all these years over things we can't remember. But as the clock continues to spin quicker and quicker toward our earthly exit, as Paul says that my, my, my life is being poured out and it's time for me to take down my earthly tent but before I take down my earthly tent I need to reconcile my relationships this Mark figure is useful for his ministry because Paul after reflecting upon the distance understands that what is life if it's not lived 
with people. Who is this person? What are those relationships that God is asking you to dig deep, prove your Christian love, and extend that arm, extend that hand to bring them back into the fold? Yes, my sister and my brother, winter is coming, but we must reconcile our relationships before it comes. If I, if I may, may I commend to you this thought. We as a nation are also facing an impending winter. We cannot continue to spend in deficit spending. We cannot continue to destroy the earth trying to mine it of its minerals. We cannot continue to pollute our water and to pollute our air and assume that there is no cost for this. No, my sister and brother, there is a winter that is coming that faces us all. But the question becomes, who will be with us? What types of relationships will we have for us to counter this impending winter? If we're able to reconcile ourselves, we might have a chance to survive. But if we continue to dance and sing like the grasshopper and assume that there's nothing for us to do, we will find ourselves shivering cold and unable to rewind the hand of time. This difficulty, this struggle that we face is real in its existential and is real in the spiritual threats. But yet the invitation for us is real today. It is concrete. The invitation is ever before us. Yes, winter is coming. Yes, Paul has had broken relationships. Yes, Paul recognizes I must mend these relationships. But he mends these relationships not based on his own piousness, but he mends his relationship because he has faith in Almighty God. He said, though I was going through persecution and I was having a bad court situation in which justice was eluding me, I found myself depending on God and seeing that God snatched me from the mouth of the lion. And God has arrested those who tried to arrest me and abated me just a little while longer so that I can write this letter to you. This opportunity that we have, my sisters and my brothers, is a time for us to prepare our hearts before the impending winter that faces us. What shall we do? How shall we live? Knowing that times will get colder. The love that I have for you as a preacher, as a professor, and as a fellow pucer is manifested in Paul's words here. I have confidence that God will do tremendous things in our midst, but we must admit the season that we're in. I know that it is hard for us to look our neighbor in the face and reconcile our racial, economic, and gender biases. It is hard for us to look at our neighbor and to appreciate their full humanity and not being blind to their specific, their specific realities. God is calling us today, much like Paul called Timothy, to come here, come quickly before it gets too cold. Because yes, it may never be too late to try to reconcile. There are moments that are fleeting and golden. Let us make the most of what God has asked us to do in this season of reconciliation before 
the winter appears. Amen. Amen. The Calvary Podcast theme music was composed by Spence Bailey. Special thanks to Robin Banks, Director of Communications at Calvary, and Heidi Rupke, Lenten Preaching Series Coordinator. And thanks to you for listening. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.